take you go. Hmm. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm not going to be here next uh, Sunday, so I want to do a Thanksgiving shout of gratitude to everybody who makes it possible for us to do what we do at this church. You know, from production, creative arts, next gen ministries, hospitality ministries, elder staff, just so many people uh, make it possible to do what we do here every, every week, and I truly appreciate it. Uh, your efforts. It makes a big difference. So welcome again to everybody who's here, maybe for the first time. Glad you're here. Don't know what your church background is, if any at all. We're just glad you're here and hope that you are, get some takeaways today. I think you're going to learn some things you might be able to apply. Uh, welcome if you're joining us online as well. We've been in this series about things that make you go, hmm, when you get to those moments when you don't know what to do. And instead of falling into the same default habits and patterns of making the same kind of unwise decisions and experiencing the same kind of pain uh, that we have in the past. How about we try something different? How about we come up with a game plan so that we have a healthier process each time we come to one of those um moments. And I said last week that each week is going to build upon the previous week. So last week we started with this big idea to pause and admit my need for help. And that's a critical step that you cannot skip. Because so many relationships are ruined, so many marriages are destroyed, so much hurt is done to others and to ourselves when we fail to just stop and admit we need some help. And so while you're pausing, you use that time while you're waiting to admit to your parents or your spouse or your kids or your friends or hopefully, first of all, to God, I need some help. So if you missed that, I recommend going back on our website to watch it or download the podcast. Where do we go from here, though? What's next after we're, we've admitted we need help? Well, we, we, we look for help, right? So where do we go? You got to go online because that's where all the answers are. So you go on social media. A lot of wisdom there, right? <laughs> go, go to Quora, Quora, Reddit, any kind of online forum. And you, what's your question? What's your issue? Well, my kids, you know, I'm having trouble with my kids. What do you think I should do? And you're going to get all kinds of advice thrown at you. And so you just pick the one that sounds best and uh, go with it. Or you just come up with your own list in your own mind, pick the option that seems easiest, most convenient to you that maybe will cause the least damage and go with that. That's a plan, right? It's kind of like being on Facebook Marketplace or Amazon where you can put in the filters for what you want. Like I want one that's orange and under $25 and that's eco-friendly and made in the USA and boom, you've got your, your answer to your question, right? You've got some options now. So your, your issue is, well, my wife has, has been mean to me lately. What do I do? All right, so you put in your filters. You say, well, I want a solution that uh, means I don't have to talk about it to her. I don't have to apologize. Uh, it's not going to cost me any money, and I still got to watch Sunday's game. What do I do? So you come up with a bunch of options, and you go with the one that seems best to you. Kind of sounds like, you know, you make your family and your relationships the guinea pig for whatever you Well, let's try it. Let's go with it. Let's experiment. Can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 it can. It can get way worse uh, if you listen to that kind of advice. So we said last week the definition of insanity is what? To keep trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results? Well, why would we keep doing that? I mean, I, instead of just going after more knowledge, more answers, hoping to find the silver bullet to fix your problems, how about trying something different. How about going for wisdom? Wisdom is better. In fact, there's a description of it from an ancient book of wisdom called Proverbs. 
Chapter 2 says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, how do you do that? By making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, you got to want it. If you what? If you seek it like silver, not silver bullet, but you seek it for silver, search for it as for hidden treasure. Well, that's intense searching, right? Then you'll understand the fear, the respect, the reverence of the Lord, and you'll find the knowledge of God, very different than the knowledge of the world. Here are some things you're going to find. A shield to those who walk in integrity, that's to protect you, guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of his saints. Then you'll understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Direction will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. Sounds good, right? Wouldn't you like that for your life and for being able to make decisions that way? It's kind of like bumper rails for your life. Go bowling and they put up the bumper rails, right? It makes your score go way up. When you use God's wisdom, it uh, makes your marriage blunders a lot fewer, right? It makes your relational mistakes uh, a lot less. It might make uh, your, your bank account go up if you pay attention to this wisdom. It might make your grades and your relationships improve. Kids, if you listen to wisdom, fewer lectures, fewer punishments, all right? So if you really want to make good decisions in those um moments, what do I do now? Then here's step number two. After I admit my need for help, then I need to seek wisdom. So our big idea is to seek wisdom, not just knowledge or answers. You know, you're never going to know enough. That you're never going to be able to make such great rules and standards that you're never going to encounter a moment that, that you can get rid of those things. But wisdom builds in a foundation so that when they do come along, you can withstand those times and that you won't crumble under the weight of those decisions. With wise questions... You know, you're going to be able to uh, deal with the issues. You've got to ask the right questions to get the right answers. That's how we go after wisdom. So we ask the right questions. I mean, how do I make my ear attentive? How do I make my heart inclined? What does that look like? Well, it's as simplistic as asking this question, what is the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing? Now, years ago, I came across this book by Andy Stanley. It had a great title. It was called The Best Question Ever. So well, I got to pick up that book. Gotta, I want to know what the best question ever is, right? And as I'm reading along, I discover the best question ever is this. What's the wise thing to do? I don't know if that's the best, but it's certainly a great question, isn't it? If you don't ask that question, you're probably not going to find it. You're not going to find wisdom. Why? Because you're probably not looking for it. So you go and you have this conversation, with your spouse, with your kids, with your friend, you say, look, I really don't know what to do right now, but I, I don't want to jump into it and make a decision in, in the place that I'm at because you know, I'm, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm just, I want to find an answer right now so I can move on or I'm doing it out of just you know, emotion or naivete or selfish moment. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to take some time and I'm going to seek after some wisdom. And in fact, I, I could kind of use your help on finding that wisdom. Now, here, here's another proverb, another principle that helps, like helps me as a husband, as a father. Proverbs 20, the purpose in a man's heart 
is like deep water. Okay, your purposes are kind of buried down deep, but a man of understanding will draw it out. So I think I understand what's going on in my son's life or what my wife is really uh, dealing with here, but I'm assuming that I know. I don't even know what's in my own heart a lot of times, at least not exactly. And so a wise man will bring it out instead of pretending, I know, assuming, guessing what's really going on, I draw it out. I incline my heart to understanding, which means I got to get better at asking good questions. So in that book, Andy Stanley's got four good questions I thought I would pass on to you. Question one, number one is, in light of my past experience, what's the wise thing to do? Because you got to consider what has been influencing you, what has been shaping you and molding you all this time. Maybe in your past you always struggled with, you know, uh, getting carried away at the bars and the clubs or getting too deeply involved emotionally in a relationship with a guy or a girl just because they paid some attention to you or fighting with your spouse. Somehow you you have a history of uh, lying to people, making things up in order to, you know, smooth things over or, or you've done or said things that you You regret with a certain group of people just to fit in. In your family, your family history, you look at that and say, well, my family has a history of just kind of blowing up about things, saying all kinds of horrible things, and then acting like it never happened. We just sweep it under the rug. And so I'm not saying that you're doomed to repeat history, that your your past determines everything about you now. It's just like wise to recognize and admit that I have been shaped and molded by my past, maybe more than I even realize. I mean, so it wouldn't be wise to just default and do what I've always done. Because if I always do what I've always done, I'm going to get what I always got. And I want something different, right? So in that um moment, I admit, maybe I'm being influenced by the past in a way that is not helpful. And so you're aware of that. Your, your, Your radar's up on that. But it's not just the past. Another question you want to ask is in light of my current circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? Okay, how am I, how am I dealing with stuff right now? What's my current situation? Am I in a good place? Am I in a bad place? For example, uh, my wife Penny will sometimes ask me a question or, or need some help with something online late at night. You need to understand late at night for me is 11 o'clock. Late at night for her is 2 a.m. So when she's asking me at 11 o'clock, hey, can you help me with this? I'm like, are you kidding me? Why didn't you ask me that two hours ago? Well, because she's just getting started, you know, and I'm like, I'm ready to. So you got to ask, okay, (laughs) how do I respond? What's my current emotional state? Am I, am I ready for bed? Not a good, am I hangry? Uh, has, our, has our marriage or our relationship been a little strained? Has it been in a good place, a healthy place, or have we been struggling? Do you act out of pure emotion, or are you making big decisions when you're physically and emotionally just in a, in a bad place? It's kind of like, I, I, for years I've heard tell ministers, like, don't quit on Monday. Right? Never quit on Monday because you come off one of those Sundays that's discouraging and disheartening and, and everything just went wrong. You want to quit on Monday. Don't make big, important decisions on Monday because you're not in a good place. Right? So try to get to the heart of the matter, to draw it out, diagnose what's really going on, what question or doubt or fear am I dealing with here. Assess the current reality and Okay, so now have I been in God's word? Have I been filling my mind with God's wisdom? Have I been praying about this? Uh, you know, have we talked about this before? Or have we been talking about anything lately? What kind of place am I am right now? 
Proverbs 24 says, wisdom is too high for a fool. In other words, it goes over their head. In the gate, he does not open his mouth. Back then, you know, the wise guys would, would gather at the city gate and there they would counsel and discuss and make serious, important decisions and it was no place for a fool to show up and try to contribute something, right? Because, you know, a fool is, it's like talking to a wall. Nothing gets through. They got nothing to contribute. And sometimes we're the ones who just aren't in the mood for wisdom. We're the fool. We're acting foolishly because we're just not in a place to hear it. Now, last Sunday, I mentioned how the next morning, you want to start your Monday morning off well, go to the DMV, right? We went to the Secretary of State because Penny and I needed to update our licenses. She wanted to get her, her enhanced driver's license. I needed to get mine corrected because uh, I'd been carrying around for months and they spelled my name with three T's. Like, I didn't even notice it. So, got to get that changed. So, Penny says, well, before we go in, you know, make sure we've got the, the correct documents and, you know, and bring, bring the marriage license. I'm like, no, we don't need the marriage license. We're good. I got, I got the birth certificates. I got the social security card. We got a, you know, a bill, a bill from a company. We're good. We're fine. So waiting and waiting and waiting. There we go. Where's your marriage certificate? So, seriously? I'll be back. So I drive home, I get the stupid marriage certificate. Not that the marriage is stupid, the certificate, having to go home and get it was just, because seriously, you think I'm trying to pull a fast one like my name is really spelled with three T's? I have to prove it's only two T's? You really need documentation for that? Oh, fine, all right, so we went through it all and still it didn't work. We had to go back another day. Anyway, it's a good thing because I was getting a little, a little perturbed. I'm not gonna lie to you. Probably a good thing she didn't know I was a minister at that time, right? Like, <laughs> So, in other words, Penny might be saying something wise in the moment, but I'm not recognizing it. I, I'm not in the mood to hear it. My head and my heart are in some place else. And so at that point, she's just casting pearls before swine, right? Oink, oink. I am not ready to hear that. I think I, I, I got this. I'm okay. So now that I've told that story publicly, I'm never going to hear the end of it, frankly. This is what's going to happen. Sometimes, though, we got to understand why, what's going on behind the scenes, what's really the issue, the, the real issue behind the issue for all the bad attitudes and the struggle we're, we're going through. Wisdom considers if this is really the best time to bring this up, right? That's why, like, is the best time to bring something up is right when he walks in the door after a hard day of work and he's trying to unwind and say, all right, let's go, let's talk about this issue. Probably not the best time. Or she's wrestling with the kids, trying to get them down for, for a nap or to bed. And like, no, it's not a good time. It's not wise to delve into it at that moment. Maybe you've had a few bad days in your marriage and uh, now you're, you're combative about everything. Every little thing is just setting you off. So let's talk about this big serious decision right now. Probably not a good idea. Let, how about, let's go out on a date and have some fun. Instead of trying to fix everything right now, let's just spend some time together reconnecting and we'll come, we're not gonna, we're not gonna ignore it. We're not gonna pretend it doesn't exist. We're just gonna come back to it later. It's okay. We'll have a better conversation then. All right, so we talk about the past. We consider the current situation. Guess what number three is? Third question, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Okay, what do I, what do I want the future to be like? Well, then I've got to consider what I need to do right now to make that happen. So, for example, when, when we moved into our home in 2004, 
Um, we had all kinds of plans how we were going to improve it and fix it and upgrade this and that. And here we are in 2021, and we haven't done a blessed thing. Not, not a thing. I mean, the walls are still white. There's hardly anything on the walls. It's the same carpet. Nothing has changed. Uh, we still have the same bedroom comforter and curtains from the 90s. We still have the same bedroom furniture from the 70s. No kidding. We haven't done anything. Uh, why? Well, because we consider what we wanted more than that. And we, we had other projects we wanted to do. We got kids getting married. We got church projects, you know, special uh, things that we're giving to, the buildings and things. Like, let's, let's do, that's more important to us right now. So we, we didn't do big vacations very rarely because uh, we wanted to be able to fund those other more important things. We said th things. We said no to things right now so we could say yes to better things in the future. And so... 2022, that's when we're going to get the house done, right? <laughs> we say that every year. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows how much stuff's going to cost next year? So it may be a few more years, but that's okay. I think about it as a church, how uh, back in 2008, we were going to go ahead and uh, buy a Christian school. There was a Christian school closing down. I said, well, oh, man, how, how awesome would it be for Down River to have a great solid Christian school. So we jumped into it and we started talking about negotiating with this church that, that was selling their school and getting, closing it down. And once we got into the finances, we went, oh, mm -hmm. don't think so. Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. And when you know, a few weeks later, 2008, you know what happened, right? The Great Recession. Everything went pow. And if we had jumped in, we, we would have been bankrupt, right? So it's wise to consider, think about the future. What's it going to mean if we, if we just go overboard right now. Think about the relationships you have with your toddler. It, it, how do you want her to act when she's in high school? What kind of wise decisions? Well, you, you better start now. <laughs> Tra training her in wisdom. Because you wait too long, it's too late. How about your junior hire? Uh, what kind of decisions are you helping them to make right now so that when they're in high school, when they're in college, they're, they're going to have a solid base. You got to start now with that. Don't wait too late. Or your high schooler, you know, and the kind of strugglers that, that they're going to have in the future as an adult. What are you doing with them right now so that they're going to be able to handle that kind of adversity then? Are they going to come to you for help? You know, because right now, if I'm just dealing with it now, it's way easier just to blow it off, to, 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 to blow up at them because, you know, that'll, that'll make me feel better. That'll bring peace temporarily. I'll get what I want if I just go off on them. But guess what? Then they're probably not going to want to come to me later. And at 18, they're going to bail. What are they learning from my example right now that's going to affect their future? Talked about the past. We're all affected by our past. Right now, you're creating a past for your kids. How are their marriages and relationships going to be affected by what you're doing right now? What can I do to help them have a better future? And, and that way, have me have a better future too. The last question is really the most important. In light of what God's word says, what is the wise thing to do? Many people don't consider what does God say. They don't grow up reading the Bible. Uh, they have no idea what it says. Even Christians, been Christians for years, still don't know what the Bible says. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Nope, not in there. Uh, God will never harm you or let you bear more than you can handle. No, he doesn't say that. That's actually not 
in there. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Sorry, no. Uh, how about uh, God just wants you to be happy? That's in the Bible, isn't it? No, not there. But this one is, Proverbs 28, 26. In fact, this is a good one for all of us to say out loud together. Here we go. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. How many times do you think you know what God's word said, but you are misinformed? You just didn't really know. Because if you keep going to the same sources you're going to now, you're going to keep getting the same results, keep getting the same stuff. How about going to God's word, seeing what it really says, or going back to it again, making sure that's what it said, so that you can remember it correctly. Because here's this promise in James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, hello, let him what? Ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. Again, it may sound pretty simple, but have you asked for wisdom? you got to ask for it. Seek wisdom, not just knowledge or answers. I know you might think that, well, that God's wisdom, that's just for, you know, good religious people. It's for the spiritually elite. No, it's, it's for everybody. I don't care who you are. God's wisdom works because it's true and it actually fits reality. Some of us right now are in the middle of some difficult situations and struggles, things that we've never faced before, but we haven't considered going to God and seeking his wisdom. What does he say? I got to make this big, serious decision. Okay, ask God for wisdom. You're... Maybe suffering the consequences of some past bad decisions or mistakes. All right. Um, what do I do? Well, this is a verse we keep coming back to because it's so true in every moment, but especially in those um moments. James 4, 8. Again, everybody together. Let's say it out loud. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We're, we're so often of two different minds, like we're going after, here's what the world says, and it's this worldly wisdom, and that's in quotation marks, wisdom, because it's not, it's really foolishness disguised as wisdom, when we should be turning to, to this mind, to the mind of Christ, to what is actual wisdom. Maybe you thought, I don't know, God is, was out to get you, so you haven't really sought him. Maybe you thought, well, it's too late for me. It's too late for my marriage. It's too late to restore a relationship. It's too late to fix things. It's too late to restore or rebuild my reputation. It's too late to come back from this horrible decision I make. I'm in such an impossible situation right now. There's absolutely nothing that can be done uh, to, 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 to help. Well, what if right now you began believing that God will come near to you if you come near to him. And what if you began really believing that God has all the wisdom and he's willing to give some to you if you'll just ask? Try it. Might make a difference this week or for the rest of your life. How do we come near to God? How do we approach him? Well, in the way that he designates we don't come up with it out of our own mind. Our own, well, oh, here's some options. Here's some man. Here's some, these people say that and that religion says that. What does God say? Well, first of all, the, the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord, right? In other words, to do what he says, 
to understand he's God and I'm not and he knows what's best. So I'm going to honor him, respect him. How does he say to draw near to him? He says through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why he sent his son into the world because we need to be cleansed. We need to be purified. We've made all kinds of mistakes. We've messed things up. We've made bad choices. We've sinned against God and we cannot come into the presence of a holy God and expect anything if our lives are not in alignment with his. That's what salvation is about. That's why you need forgiveness. Jesus dies on the cross to forgive us, to cleanse us, to purify us so that we can enter into God's presence and he can be our father and we can ask things of him and he'll always do what's best for us. So have you been cleansed? Have you turned to Christ in faith and repented of your sins? Have you been baptized into Christ, lowered into water, where there, yes, you are cleansed in your outward body, but it's really your inward soul that's being purified by the sacrifice of Jesus. So during these next few moments, as the music plays, you're going to have an opportunity to respond in three different ways. If you're somebody who has yet to put your trust in Christ, then that's step number one. That's the beginning of wisdom right there is to receive God's offer of salvation. Text your name to the number you see on the screen or email us, especially if you're online. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. But even better, if you're right here on site, come up to the front in the next few moments when the music is playing. I'm gonna have some friends up here who are willing to help you make the best decision of your life, the wisest thing you will ever do, and that's to turn your life over to God, to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior to walk out of this place different today because you will cha be changed from the inside out after you're baptized. I hope you'll, you'll take advantage of that today. They're up here to answer your questions too, not with just a lot of knowledge and facts and answers, but with some wisdom because they're gonna point you to God. They're gonna pray with you whatever you're struggling with. We all need prayer. We all need help. Don't be too proud to not ask for help. But if you're already a believer, another way to respond is through worshiping and through giving. I mean, we always uh, encourage every week, you know, give to the Lord, give back to him. You can do it anytime though, online, our website, through the app. Uh, you can do it in the gift boxes at the back there. You can send it in the mail. But all of it is going to help make more and better disciples, including four more who were baptized into Christ last week. So that's always the best thing. I know there are gonna be more baptized here today, later. In fact, I want to read to you a quick text from someone that I, I congratulated him on his one-year anniversary of ba being baptized. He wrote back, it was the best decision I've ever made, and I'm continually blessed every day. I'm forever thankful for South Point to help me in my journey to follow Jesus Christ, my Savior. So that's why we do what we do. Now, if you're already a believer then, another way to respond right now is through sharing in communion. That's another way to draw near to the Lord is through eating the bread and drinking the cup, which remind us of the death of Christ, his body and his blood given to us on the cross. When you came in, you received one out of the buckets or you grabbed one off the wall. Be sure to do that every week because it's important that we focus on what's most important, that our lives are centered around Jesus. Communion helps us to do that every time because when you eat it and you drink it, you're proclaiming your faith that Jesus is Lord, you're proclaiming your need for a savior and proclaiming the value of our fellowship here together. So even if you're not a believer, you can use these next few moments to reflect, to pray, and to confess anything that is keeping you far from God instead of drawing near to God. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, 
we're, we're asking for wisdom to be able to think like you think and to see life from, from your perspective, God, to quit going after all the knowledge and, and worldly wisdom out there and begin to really do what you say in your word. So help us to open our Bibles regularly, to fill our minds and our hearts with what you say. God, we need to some wisdom for making good, right decisions. Some are struggling right now with some big decisions, God, and they need to know the right way. So would you show them? And so many homes right now are struggling with a lot of different issues, and they need your wisdom to be able to do what's best and not what's easiest or most convenient or feels good. God, most of all, there's some making a decision to give their lives to you. And uh, I pray that they will experience your presence as they are reaching out to you, that you will draw near to them. And we hold on to those promises that come through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right, so while the music plays, you can come down to the front. We're sharing communion.